Bible reading from Romans 8, 18, verse 18 to 27. I consider that our present sufferings are not worth comparing with the glory that will be revealed in us. For the creation waits in eager expectation for the children of God to be revealed. For the creation was subjected to frustration, not by its own choice, but by the will of the one who subjected it, in hope that the creation itself will be liberated from its bondage to decay and brought into the freedom and glory of the children of God. We know that the whole creation has been groaning as in the pains of childbirth right up to the present time. Not only so, but we ourselves, who have the first fruits of the Spirit, groan inwardly as we wait eagerly for adoption to sonship, the redemption of our bodies. For in this hope we were saved, but hope that is seen is no hope at all. Who hopes for what they already have? But if we hope for what we do not yet have, we wait for it patiently. In the same way, the Spirit helps us in our weakness. We do not know what we ought to pray for, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us through wordless groans. And he who searches our hearts knows the mind of the Spirit, because the Spirit intercedes for God's people in accordance with the will of God. Friends, thank you for joining with us this morning, uh, whether you're in this auditorium and for those who are joining us on live stream. Great to have so many people uh, with us in worship, because we need to be worshipping, don't we? Whether in this place or at home, we need time with God, we need time in the Word, we need time to sing, we need time to encourage one another. And it's my prayer that God would do that for us this morning as we have sung, as we have prayed, as we call out to Him, that God would minister to our hearts, that God would give us encouragement, that as we live for Him, despite the deteriorating situation with COVID cases, uh, that we would have faith and hope in Him. Friends, uh, as you look at the world and as you see what is happening, uh, we realize, if we hadn't realized before, that we live in a fallen and in a broken world. And uh, if you think things are getting better or things are perfect and uh, uh, you could be lying on a beach and think things are beautiful, but when you look at the whole world situation and you realize that this world is pretty messed up, and, uh, and when a believer loses their lives to Parkinson's this week, or via a heart attack this week, or one of our brothers is almost in glory due to the impact of COVID on his heart this week, or a father loses his 52-year-old daughter to cancer in the USA this week, you realize that Suffering and death is part of the human experience. And the Apostle Paul writes as he thinks about sufferings, and for him he's talking, I think, about persecution specifically here. I consider that our present sufferings are not worth comparing with the glory that will be revealed in us. And so there's an astounding statement by the Apostle Paul. He sees what he's going through, and then he sees the glory to come in Jesus, being with Christ, and other places he says, which is better by far, he looked forward to being with Christ. He said, what I'm suffering is nothing compared to the glory that is revealed in us. And it's an astounding statement because if you know a little bit about the Apostle Paul's life, it wasn't a good one. So he says in 2 Corinthians 11, for example, 
It said, I've been imprisoned more frequently, been flogged more severely, been exposed to death again and again. Five times I received from the Jews the 40 lashes minus one. Three times I was beaten with rods. Once I was pelted with stones. Three times I was shipwrecked. I spent a night and a day in the open sea. I've been constantly on the move. I've been in danger from rivers, in danger from bandits, in danger from my fellow Jews, in danger from Gentiles, in danger in the city, in danger in the country, in danger at sea, and in danger from false believers. I have labored and toiled, and have often gone without sleep. I have known hunger and thirst, have often gone without food. I have been cold and naked. This guy has been through that, and I bet you haven't been through anything like that, right? can say that our present sufferings are not worth comparing. They're just not comparable to the beautiful glory that we revealed in us when we become like Jesus. Paul has this perspective. And he doesn't uh, speak poetically when he told the Galatian church, finally let no one cause me trouble, for I bear on my body the marks of Jesus. And Paul did. He suffered for Jesus. He suffered greatly for Jesus. How good is the glory to come, he says. And I need to remember that today. That whatever we go through, how good is the glory to come. Now some believers down through the ages have had it even worse than Paul. People who are being raped or tortured or massacred on account of the gospel. Maybe in Nigeria or Myanmar or North Korea, or like a 15-year-old boy who was hacked to death in Indonesia a few years ago, simply because he was a follower of Jesus. And so for many Christians around the world, there is real persecution and opposition and suffering. But Paul reminds us there is a glorious future to come, and suffering is a pathway to glory. Romans 8, 17, just before we come to today's passage, now, if we are children, then we are heirs, heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ. That's a beautiful relationship we have with God. We are heirs of God. We have an inheritance to come. We are co-heirs with Christ because we are now his brothers and sisters. If indeed we share in his sufferings in order that we may also share in his glory. Suffering's the pathway to glory. And we're told then in verses 19 that the creation is groaning. And yet the creation is looking forward to hope. For the creation waits in eager expectation for the children of God to be revealed. For the creation was subjected to frustration, not by its own choice, but by the will of the one who subjected it in hope that the creation itself will be liberated from its bondage to decay and brought into the freedom and glory of the children of God. It has a good future. We know that the whole creation has been groaning as in the pains of childbirth, right up to the present time. You know what it pictures here? I want you to get this image in your mind. It pictures creation as craning its neck, stretching forward, eagerly waiting, looking for the children of God, that's us, to come into their true glory. It's like creation saying, can't wait till Christ returns. I can't wait till the children of God are perfected. I can't wait till the new heavens and the new earth. It's like creation itself is craning and looking forward. One person said, the whole creation is on tiptoe to see the wonderful sight of the sons of God coming into their own. 
but in the present state. That's what we're looking forward to. In the present state, though, it's under God's judgment. And you see, uh, we know from Genesis 3, the world is under a curse. You think, why do these things happen? Well, Genesis 3 tells us the world is under the judgment of God, it's under a curse because of our sin, because of our rebellion toward God. Not only are we impacted, the whole cosmos is impacted. Australian author John Dixon puts it this way, from the DNA inside the human body to the tectonic plates under the earth's surface, the physical world now contains a measure of frustration and chaos. Don't be surprised. Viruses grow out of control. Now, he wrote this many years ago in this book. This is great. Viruses grow out of control. Yes, they do. Earthquakes decimate. Planes fall from the sky. John's own father died in a plane crash in India when John Dixon was nine years of age. Although there is more than enough beauty and order still left in the creation to remind us that the universe is no fluke, there is enough disorder evident to remind us that things are not as they should be. It was subjected to frustration, to futility. The sin that affected the divine purpose in humanity affected the entire non-human creation. The world lost its purpose. But there is a future hope, the liberation from decay. At the moment, though, there is a bondage to decay, he says. There's a continual cycle of birth, growth, death, decomposition, deterioration in our universe. Our universe seems to be running down. And we've added to the problems by the abuse of the planet, pollution and global warming and so on. But creation has been groaning as in the pains of childbirth right up to the present time. Get that image. I feel for the women at the moment who are, who are pregnant and uh, some are ready to give birth. One of my friends works at Westmead uh, in the maternity section. She looks after the COVID area where many women who are pregnant with COVID are struggling to breathe every day, to, to be sustained, to keep going. The whole idea of groaning. In any pregnancy, there's groaning right up to the present time. But it has a wonderful future. It was subjected to frustration, not by its own choice, but by the will of the one who subjected it in hope. When God brought judgment on the world, they also had hope that the creation itself would be liberated from its bondage to decay and brought into the freedom and glory of the children of God. Bondage will give place to liberty, decay, corruption to glory incorruptible. If we share Christ's glory, creation will also share, share ours. Friends, the uh, Christian pastor, Kent Hughes, wrote in his commentary on the Romans, said, many of us have pictures of our wives after they've delivered a child. And typically the baby's in their arms and the mother is radiant. I'm not sure she's radiant, she's really tired at that stage. But you know the picture, right? You finally get the picture. We do not reach into our wallets, he says, and say, let me show you a picture of my wife groaning in labor. Right? Your wife would be kicking you and hitting you if you took one of those photographs, right? And so, oh, it's in the agony, terrific. No, it's not. It's painful. Women tell me. <laughs> Having witnessed three births, yeah, it's painful. <laughs> Just from this side, it's painful. From the guy's side, no, I don't want to imagine the woman's side, right? It says, creation one day will be delivered. The difference between then and now is the difference between agony and ecstasy. We're living in the time of agony, but there's going to be ecstasy to come. 
our groaning will come into the glorious freedom of the children of God. No more death, no more suffering, no more COVID, no more lung cancer, no more heart attacks. Gone. Perfection in God's world. But secondly, it says, not only does the creation groan, the church groans. We ourselves, who have the first fruits of the Spirit, now we have received the Holy Spirit, which is the guarantee that we will have eternal life. That's the picture here. We have the first fruits of the Spirit. The Spirit coming into our lives is the guarantee that we have a certain eternity. We groan inwardly as we wait eagerly for our adoption as sons, the redemption of our bodies. What's Paul referring to? What are our groans about? It's not about persecution here, but the sense that we're only half saved. Listen, Kevin, what do I mean with that? Not that we're not saved spiritually, but there's a sense in we've been saved spiritually, but we're still waiting for the resurrection of the body when we have a perfected body that no longer suffers. And so our brothers and sisters in hospital were groaning to breathe. and said, Lord, take me home. I want to be out of this body of death. There's suffering. And Lord, I'm at peace with you, but please take me home. There's a sense in which our bodies are not yet what they ought to be. And we groan inwardly because of physical frailty. And we've mentioned a number of people who have died. And if you weren't here last week, we mentioned three other people who had died the previous week. Family members, brothers, sisters, husbands. And it seems to be that period where we're reminded that we have a physical frailty. I remember an Anglican minister that I knew of had two daughters killed in a car accident. And just after that, his wife succumbed to cancer after a long battle. Lost his wife and two daughters within a short period of time. He's groaning when that happens. Or those who have lost babies in utero or maybe soon afterwards. Evelyn Christensen, who writes a number of books on prayer, writes she'd experienced miscarriage and full-term stillborn then the death of baby at six months. Johnny Erickson Tata, 50 years ago or so, had a diving accident, accident and became a quadriplegic at the age of 15 or 16. We all see our doctors, our physios, our chiropractors. No wonder we groan. We look forward to the redemption of our bodies. I see some of you walk in. Some of you have sticks because your body's not working too well. Others have had appointments this week. But we also groan with our struggle with sin. A young woman once asked me uh, when the struggle with sin would be done away with. She said, I've been a Christian for six months now, but I keep sinning, she said. That was a surprise to her. Some of us who have been Christian for 20 or 30 years realized, no, no, we constantly have to battle sin. I said, you don't get rid of sin until you meet Jesus and you become like him. We want deliverance from this body, this sinful nature. Romans 7, 24 says, who will rescue me from this body of death? Thanks be to God through Jesus Christ our Lord. There will come a day we'll be rescued from this body. We hope for future glory. We wait eagerly for our adoption to sonship the redemption of our bodies. Friends, we ought to be on tiptoe looking forward to the coming of Jesus. I said last week when we talked about the fact that we look forward to becoming like Jesus. We make our election sure by obedience to Christ. For this hope we were saved, but hope that he's seen is no hope at all. Who hopes for what they already have? But if we hope for what we do not yet have, we wait for it patiently. On our tiptoe, 
living for Jesus, praying hard, reading the word, encouraging the brothers and sisters, looking forward to what is to come. C.S. Lewis wrote, Our problem as human beings is that we are half-hearted creatures fooling about with drink and sex and ambition when infinite joy is offered us. Like an ignorant child who wants to go on making mud pies in a slum because he cannot imagine what is meant by the offer of a holiday at the sea. So that's what humans are like, he says. We think this is all there is when there's a beautiful eternity to come. In the midst of our groaning, the Holy Spirit comes to help us. I love this in verse 26 and 27. Always hard to understand what these verses mean, but I, I think it does mean that God is on our side and the Holy Spirit is praying for us. It says, in the same way the Spirit helps us in our weakness. We do not know what we ought to pray, for the Spirit himself intercedes for us with groans that words cannot express. And he who searches our hearts knows the mind of the Spirit, because the Spirit intercedes for the saints in accordance with God's will. Sometimes people will say, I don't know what I ought to pray. And sometimes I feel like, I don't know what to, what to pray. And uh, Jeff grew up in hospital and said, well, do we pray that he's healed? Do we pray that he goes to glory? Do we pray both? And at those, those times, you just trust that God, by his Spirit, will take authentic prayers according to God's will to the Father. And sometimes you just sit there and you just cry, don't you? Say, Lord, I don't know what to say. Lord, I don't know what to do. But God, you know. And I think the Holy Spirit who lives in us brings our request to God in that situation. Friends, the Christian hope gives us hope not only for eternity but for now. Because it means we can walk out of this place today and we can walk out of our homes wherever we go and live with hope and with confidence. Take all the right precautions. But realize you make your COVID, like many of our church members have had COVID. They're down on holidays and half the people in five or six of them out of the 10 or 12 gathering together have COVID are now isolating. So everyone's isolating. You go to a shopping center, you don't know who you're going to walk past. You can be really anxious and nervous or you can just be careful, trusting God in the midst of all of that. And if you have to stay home for a week to isolate, stay home for a week to isolate. Someone who gives us perspective is a is uh, what they call the preacher. Let me tell you his story. You, you probably remember it from a number of years ago. The non-Christian photojournalist, George Gitos, was with the United Nations medical team providing emergency relief to people displaced by the civil strife in Rwanda. And as he talks about a memorable incident, it was a terrible situation there. He said, I, I was watching what was taking place. It was horrific. We saw thousands of women and children killed before our eyes. We're going in and out, getting the wounded out as the people were macheting and shooting and killing one another. Suddenly there was this guy standing in the midst of, middle of the people who were dying all around him. You have that picture there on the screen. He just kept giving this sermon in one of those beautiful, melodious African voices, mingling English and French and Rwandan, quoting sections of the New Testament, those bits which give hope, passages to do with the resurrection, he says. And Giddo took a photograph of this man and dubbed him the preacher. He said, I didn't see this man again afterwards. I had no idea if he survived. I remember he wore this like a yellow raincoat type of thing. And you see the picture there. 
says, he writes, the preacher represents what I think religion should do. Raise people up, make people feel human and spiritually alive, and give them courage and faith. Says the medical team could offer nothing despite all their skills and technology, but with the risen Christ, there was hope for eternity. Friends, we live looking forward on tiptoe for the return of Jesus. Our eternity is secure. And verses 28 to 30 say, And we know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. You see, it doesn't stop at verse 27. It goes to 28. We know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose, even COVID. For those God foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son. God is making us like Jesus. That he might be the firstborn among many brothers and sisters. And those he predestined, he called, those he called, he justified. We stand right with God, not pleading, we are not guilty. And those he justified, he also glorified, assuring us of eternal life. What good news that is. Jeff Greenup this week put a post on Facebook. I think Jeff's in his 80s, Dave, would I be correct? He's had uh, long-term health issues and heart issues. And he wrote this, I'm in Liverpool Hospital, ICU, admitted with COVID, but it has worsened my heart failure and I'm on full oxygen support. My prognosis is not good. This is about four to five days ago. As a committed Christian, I am at peace knowing Christ will sustain, sustain me and take me in his timing. Pray for God's will to be done. Pray for Helen and uh, for her well-being, including Rob, Pete and their families. Just one more thing, he writes. For those who are not believers, please get to know him, God our Saviour. Take care with your physical and your spiritual lives. What a great word of encouragement as we conclude this message this morning. Let me pray. Lord God, we do pray that we will take care of our physical and spiritual lives. That we would remember that we live in a fallen world under your judgments, but a world that has a brilliant future alongside the sons and daughters of God in the new heaven and the new earth. Lord, as we groan, as we grieve, as we weep, we ask that we would be encouraged by your word. You never leave us or forsake us. Your Holy Spirit prays for us that we will keep our eyes on the certain future, the certain eternity of life with Christ, a glorious future for all those who believe in you. Help us to trust you, to love you, to follow you, and to get this good news out to others as well, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen.